When should I report my spouse's illegal activity? Welcome to the Real Talk Recovery Podcast with the Therapy Brothers. We're brothers, we're therapists, and we know recovery. Bring your stories, your questions, your successes with Real Recovery. actually a really good question we don't often talk about the legal side of things with, with kind of the stuff we deal with so this is going to be an interesting discussion today and grateful to have a good caller um before we do that we got a really nice review came through this week for a past caller adam this comes from k tulinis i don't know if i pronounced that right but this is the review it says adam it says i don't know adam from adam but after listening to his story i am filled with love and charity for him It has given me such a new and empathetic perspective toward the partner who has done the betraying in the relationship. We too had a son die, very different than Adam's case, but nonetheless has affected my husband more than I will ever know as we don't talk about it. Hearing the pain from Adam helps me see my husband in a new light. He also has shame from choices he has made his whole life and from father issues. Thank you all for this truly awakening episode for me as being on the other side of the choices my husband has made that are hurtful to me so I can see him as he is. Adam, I pray for you and your brokenness and your family. So much love I'm sending. Wow. Wow. That, what a that cool was, review. Yeah. yeah. Talk, talk about, you know, Adam coming on and having courage and, and, um, just creating some compassion and empathy and love with, with people. And, and then for, for, for her to, to write that review, um, to give that love back and create, create that love. It's just that, that's how we heal. We we heal through connection and connection to each other's pain. So yeah, that was an awesome review. I got, I kind of got goosebumps going on a little bit. Tyler. Total, total strangers happening to just hear part of one another's story here and it's like there's some type of connection and healing that can happen there and she found some application for her own life in that too and it's just really pretty beautiful to find some compassion for her husband yeah incredible yeah that's awesome yeah okay well tyler um how have you been are you getting better (laughs) finally man i think i'm i've gotten over the sickness that has plagued us since the retreat um, and feeling really good now. So yes. And it sounds like you might be a little stuffed up yourself now. Nah, it's, it's just some allergies. I think I'm fine. I hope it is because you lectured me for like two hours about taking better care of my body. And so if you're getting sick now, I'm going to turn around and do it. To oh, you. Don't, don't even try it, man. If you want me to go down the list of how you just beat yourself into oblivion, I will. <laughs> don't compare me to you on that front. I just hope you're taking good care of yourself. That's all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get in with our our guest here. Um, Mia, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, If you could just give us a little bit of background and tell us what's going on with you and then ask ask away. Yeah. So I found out about my husband's um, pornography addiction in November of 2020. Um, We're really young. I'm 24 and he's 23. Okay. Um, and we got married when he was 19 and I was 20. Um, so 
I found out about two years after we were married, I had just had my daughter um, and I found some of his accounts. And so for him, his main, like one of the big parts of his acting out was on social media platforms where he wasn't quote unquote, just watching porn, but he was reaching out to other people. Um, and he kept it very anonymous because he didn't want it to go into his real life. So he preferred not to act out with people he knew, but to act out with people from, you know, anywhere. Um, and so we kind of went from there. At first, when I found out, I was like, oh my gosh, this, like, I'm so happy. I know now because I know now that it isn't my fault. And I feel like I can do this marriage with you. Um, but then from there, he chose to lie more and gaslight. And he wasn't in real recovery for a long time. Um, so as early as April this year, there was another discovery. He had had, um, he had reached out to his affair partner again. Um, and so we had our full therapeutic disclosure, but something kind of felt weird about that disclosure. So I was super hypervigilant, which I do not recommend, <laughs> but <laughs> it, I can respect that as part of my journey because it got me what I needed to know. Right. Um, and so that was, that was important. Um, but what I found after I kind of like went back into his accounts is I realized that he had talked to a lot more minors, um, than I had initially thought, because when I first read through those accounts, I was kind of like skimming, not really looking because it was so painful. Um, and so this time I went back and I really looked because during the disclosure, I asked him if he had put in that he had had um, sexual conversations with minors. And he said, yes. Um, and I kind of pushed him on that. And I said, is that specifically in there? And he said, well, things of those sorts are in there. And that wasn't my question. <laughs> so, um, I pushed him to put it in and that was kind of traumatizing for me to have to push him to put that in. Um, and I've been asking him for, you know, over the years, if he's, if he's talked about this with other people, like if he's talked about it with other guys um, or with his therapist. And he said he did talk about it with his therapist, but I don't know what extent that went to. I don't know how truthful he was. Um, and so I became really concerned because like I have two daughters and I think my daughters are safe, but I'm scared about the future. I'm scared about my daughters having friends, about having babysitters mm -hmm. um, and not knowing if he's safe, not knowing the extent of where this has gone. Because from what I saw, he was having sexual conversations with a 13 year old. Mm -hmm. And that was really, really scary to me. Um, mm -hmm. And so when I brought it up to him, um, eventually I decided to report it because that was, I felt that was the right thing to do. Um, morally, I couldn't, I couldn't not for myself. It would, it would just, I, I felt complicit. I felt like it was literally killing me mm -hmm. to just be sitting on that information, not doing anything about it. Um, and I had been sexually abused when I was young. So I already felt really strongly about protecting young women. Um, and so I've struggled with that sense of how do we protect these young women and how do we hold men accountable and be empathetic to them and believe that they can recover. Um, but also just kind of like um, struggling to know how big of a deal this is because I've been so gaslit um, 
that when I mention it to him, when we, I try to talk about it with him, he'll say it was wrong. Like he'll admit that it was wrong. But um, I don't think he understands the fear that I have about it. And I think that's a legitimate fear. Um, and when I reported him, he was pretty upset about it um, and told me that uh, I think one of the first things that he said was basically like, well, what about all the people who did that to me? Um, because he's been struggling with this since he was 11. So adults had done this to him too. Um, but I didn't feel that that justified what he did. I don't think that makes it right. Mm -hmm. um, are you still married, Mia? Uh, yeah. So we're separated right now. But yes. Okay. Um, and you have two daughters. I have three kids, um, three and under. So I have a son and two oh daughters. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's really intense. Yeah. So Mia, I'm, man, there's like a couple directions that in my head, this discussion could go. Um, the first one is just the legal part of things that I think is probably an important thing to talk about on our show, just so people understand it. It doesn't get, like you say, it doesn't get mentioned a lot. So there's the legal side of things, but then there's also your own personal side of things in terms of, do I stay or do I go? And, and what's going to be the right thing for the safety of my kids, that kind of stuff. Um, so could we maybe split those two up for a second and just focus on the legal side really quickly, and then maybe come back around to your personal situation. Yeah. That, that'd be all right. So, so a lot of times this, the question that will come up and it sounds like you've already done the reporting um, before, before I go any further, what came of the reporting? Did anything happen? Um, so yes, uh, we had a really bad night. Um, my husband wanted to commit suicide one night. Um, and I had already reported it to the national tip line. Um, mm -hmm. I can't remember what that's called, but I had already reported it. Um, and the officer that night when they came to check on him to take him to the hospital, he asked me why we were separated. And I told him it was because he had had these conversations with minors. Um, and I don't know the extent of those conversations from my side. I didn't see any actual child pornography, um, but they were very sexual in nature. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's being investigated right now. Um, they just got a search warrant for his computers. Mm -hmm. And so whatever comes of that is, you know, like what comes of that, that's out of my hands. I felt like I kind of did what I had to do. Yes. Okay, good. Okay. So, so that's um, still up in the air. That's still, that's still going to be a, a work in progress in terms of what's going to come of this for consequences, for potential legal ramifications. You know, I suspect that if they find certain things on his computer, he's definitely going to be looking at some pretty serious legal charges that could include some level of extended incarceration, that kind of stuff. Depending on what mm -hmm. they find. Yeah. Depending on what they find. But I can tell you just from the experience that I've had in the, in the realm of the work we do that <clears throat> when you're having sexual conversations with 13 year olds, that usually has some type of a legal consequence. Um, so, so you may end up on the, on the second part we're going to talk about, you may end up having that part of it that will actually help you in the, your decision-making progress process as you move forward, because the legal system might, it might uh, add some added 
added elements to your situation that'll help you in making the choice. But, but there is some space, Tyler. I've seen this before. There's some space where, uh, Mia, you, you might be in a little bit of limbo, um, not knowing what's going to happen with the courts and the legal system. And so, you know, will he be going to jail? Will he not be? Um, and so it, it kind of puts you in a state of, I don't know what's going to happen. Yes. Um, and that, that can be kind of uncomfortable a little bit for, from your side of things. Um, just, just so you're, you know, and I'm sure you're aware of that already. Yeah. 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 So, so, so the legal aspect of this is this, and this is just the case in the United States. If you know that there is harm happening to somebody else or risk of harm to somebody else, then you have a duty to report it. So, so if there's, the risk of harm to a 13 year old girl because of these text messages that are coming. It doesn't matter who it's from, whether it's from your husband or from anyone else, any person who comes to that information has a duty to report. So legally you did the right thing. Um, relationally, that's going to be hard. Um, legally for him, that's going to be hard. Consequentially, that's going to be hard, but you did what you were supposed to do by re by reporting it. can i can i side note this tyler just a little mm -hmm. bit um mm -hmm. legally she did the right thing um ethically and morally she did she absolutely did the right she thing she did the right and, thing and mia i want you to hear this um you are you are an outlier here um you are you're a courageous um person who m most people in your situation wouldn't have done the right thing um, and they don't do the right thing. And I hate to say that, but they, they want to avoid the consequences of the, the life changes and the things that are going to happen at the expense of victims. And for you to say, oh, hell no. Um, <laughs> sorry, husband, you're going to deal with the consequences of this. Um, you're doing him a favor. Um, you're stepping into your power. You're stepping into your boundaries and you're you're practicing a lot of faith because you don't know where all this is going to land and you did it anyways so uh mia good on you i just want to say good job way to way to follow through with that yeah Thank it's you. so it's so crazy how because of the emotional ties and even the sensitivity i love when you even ask your question you're like i want to make sure we're not shaming these men even further because we want them to get better um you're even being sensitive there, but the, the truth is, is that this is a pretty cut and dry thing. You know, like you did the right thing. You, you did what was necessary. You know, if I was a therapist in the same boat, I maybe handled it slightly differently. And I would have gone to my client and said, Hey, this is a reportable thing. I'm going to have to report it, but I'd suggest you do it first because you can take accountability for it. And if you want to make the phone call while I'm listening, go ahead and report it. Um, because, but, but then they'll be like, I'm not going to report it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to do that then because that's just the nature of the beast that we're dealing with right now. Yeah. If, an, if an adult married man is having sexually explicit conversations with a 13 year old, there is no denial that we can use to, to justify that and to justify not taking that seriously and, and, and bringing that to light. Um, and, and, and if we use any denial, then we are choosing to allow um, somebody possibly to get really hurt, uh, mm -hmm. a victim. And so, yeah. Yeah. So 
So I think we're all clear then, Mia, you absolutely did the right thing legally. You did it the right thing ethically. You, you did the right thing for yourself morally. And I would argue that you also helped to, to do the right thing in hopes to help everything go right in the big picture, not only for you and your kids, but also for your husband. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even though he may not see it that way and he may not see it that way when the, when the charges come. Um, did you feel that, that way after you reported Mia or did you have any regrets? Um, I regretted the way it happened. I was sad. Uh, one of the things that I did, and I, I know he's going to listen to this, so I feel like I should take accountability for this. One of the things that I did um, was I shared his full therapeutic disclosure with the police that morning that he wanted mm. to commit suicide. Mm. And I feel awful about that because I don't think I should have done that because I think legally I was thinking, you know, this is him admitting everything relationally it was awful and i recognized that he did that for me and then that was private to like mm -hmm. our you know that was therapy that was therapy exactly yeah so and i really do own up to that and i really do regret that and i think that was wrong um and i apologized to him for that and i know that that was really hurtful because it broke trust on his side um of me because i had you know i had worked really hard to be trustworthy with him but, um, so Mia, I want to ask you, um, because I'm sure you, you, you gave it to them. It was proof, right. And it, it was context mm -hmm. and it was all these things. I can see why you did it, but I also see why you regret that. Yeah. Um, everything in there wasn't illegal and everything in there wasn't, uh, threatening to, to somebody, you know? And, yeah. And so what, how, what would you have done differently? How, how would you have reported it differently than, than giving that disclosure over? I think because I had um, the, his account information, I already had, you know, like what they needed essentially. Um, and because it was three in the morning, I like, I've thought about why I did that. I was exhausted. I didn't really know what was going on. Um, I was trying to keep my kids asleep. The police were in my house, um, you know, shining lights on us. It was a really hard moment. I was really worried about my husband. I wasn't thinking clearly. Mm -hmm. And those are all reasons, but I don't think they're, excuses um because i don't think i don't think i should have broken his trust in that way um and shared that yeah. um but yeah you still could have you still could have gotten the report that you needed to done and you knew you needed to do that report maybe just not giving that disclosure away yeah yeah exactly yeah great yeah mia do you still feel good about your decision to report it Yes. Yes. And so I think because he kept telling me he, when I asked him if he was talking about it, he kept telling me he couldn't talk to guys about it because he was worried he would get his kids taken away. Mm -hmm. Um, and so in my mind, as much as this sucks for him, I was like, it's removing that barrier. You've already been reported. You can't be reported again, unless you do something else. Um, and so now this gives you I mean, if you look at it in this way, it gives you the freedom to talk about it and to address it because mm -hmm. I felt scared that he was hiding it. I know that addiction is progressive. And if you hide it and you don't face it, like really face on, it's going to get worse. It's going to sit in him and he can't address it on his own. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. Mia, to comment to that, I, I, I think this is where... It's kind of paradoxical and it's hard. Uh, 
if somebody has um, children on their arousal template, um, it's important for them to acknowledge and bring to light that they have children on their arousal template. And when they acknowledge that, and I know this sounds weird, but they accept that, then they have a lot more power to choose not to act on that. Mm -hmm. um, it becomes conscious. And so when it becomes conscious, they're, they're able to be aware of that, be careful of that, and, and protect themselves and protect others. When somebody has children on their arousal template and they don't want anybody to know about that, and they don't even want to admit it themselves, then in those moments when on their social media, the opportunity to connect with a child or they're alone with a child come around, those parts just start raging and they start coming out and they, so, so, so you're, you, you, you reporting him forced him to bring it to the light some, um, which could be saving him massive consequences down the road. Um, and, and it's this weird thing of let's not hate him because that's on his arousal template, but let's hate the fact that he has hurt 13 year olds by doing what he did. Um, and, and that's not okay. Um, but he does have that on his arousal template. It's there and, and we can't change that. Mm -hmm. This, uh, and this also starts to move into like the second part, which is your situation and what to do with it and, and what maybe things to be looking for. Um, this is a really challenging thing because if you are in the situation that maybe something like your husband is in, he's going to be getting some mixed messages because if he goes to a really good therapist, the therapist is going to be like, take ownership, be humble, own it own all the consequences. You're going to get a clear conscience. You're going to be able to grow into your manhood better. You're going to be able to like what you see in the mirror. And then he's going to get the mixed message from a good lawyer. That's going to say, don't say anything, <laughs> you know, like, like you're, you're going to, you're going to bury yourself legally if you actually come clean and are totally honest with things. And so there's this like pinch point sometimes where really well-intended people, a therapist and a lawyer are going to give different advice and, and I, I can tell you from, but, but, but Tyler, I want to say that pinch point happens when they've already crossed the line of breaking the legalities. If right. they haven't, then they can avoid getting in that pinch point. Exactly. Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And of course we're talking, you're we're talking to two therapists right now. So you know what way we're going to lean, but I'm going to say like, you're not going to really, and this, this gets into like, whether you should stay or you should go if your husband has to have his arm twisted into doing the right thing all the time, that's not really recovery. Like, and your kid, your kids are at risk. Yes. Whereas if your husband, like I've seen this happen both ways where I've dealt with men where they come clean and they're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I've let it get this far. Like, wow. And they call and they, they go into the detectives and they tell the whole story. And they, I've had guys spend couple of years in prison over this. I've had guys, but they've done it of their own fruition because they want to get right. And they want their heart to be right. And they want to feel confident in who they are. And they want to get better. Like those guys do way better. And I've seen their marriages be saved. And, and then I've had other guys who like root in and are like, Nope, we're going to play this going to the bitter end. Cause I don't want to lose my kids and my family. And guess what? they end up losing their kids and their family. They just do it in a different way because they never get better. And eventually their wife says, 
we can't run the risk here. Like there's really only one pathway forward that's right. And it's full accountability, including all of the consequences with the humility to say, I'll do whatever it takes. And if you're not getting that on a consistent basis, then that's going to lead to that same feeling you probably got when you, you were being gaslit and it didn't quite feel right. And something was missing. It's going to have that same flare of instability and, and fear and anxiety because you, you don't have that like wholehearted buy-in to the recovery process. Mia, do you want to, with everything Tyler just said and what it's going to take for him, um, and, and I know you know that he's going to listen to this, but do you, do you want to stay married to him? Is that, is that what you're fighting for is to so, stay married? If he can be safe, yes. Like if he can genuinely be safe, I know that that's the best thing for me and for my kids is to keep our family together. But if he can't be safe, then no. So, and okay. The, 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 it's, it's everything Tyler just said. It's not about what he does that will keep him safe. It's about who he is. And but we have this simple thing with recovery, we call it the how of recovery. Um, is he, is he, it like, he needs to work extra, extra hard to be honest. That's the H open. So he's transparent and he's open to feedback and he's humble. Um, and he's willing Th those three things. If he's honest, open and willing, and, and you feel his humble heart really trying to, um, address the, the demons underneath that are driving him to this behavior, um, then he's a, he, he's a safe man. Um, if, if he's gaslighting, if he's manipulative, if, uh, not accountable living in secrecy, yeah. Prideful, um, then he's going to do everything he can to manipulate you to, to get you to think that he's honest, open and willing. But, but guess what, Mia, you have this, this feminine intuition inside of you. That's going to, it's going to catch on to some of that stuff and, and really know either way. And sounds like you've already listened to that and you're going to have to continue to listen to that, to, to be aware whether or not he is that type of man in recovery or not. Um, yeah. But that's what will protect him from acting out is to be that honest, open, willing man. And that's what will protect your children. And that's what will protect you in the marriage as well. And you want to be really aware of what that feels like and how, how, that, how that feels from your partner. When Brandon's talking, Mia, like, have there been times when you've felt the difference be from him that's honest, open, and willing versus otherwise? And can you draw a distinction between those two kinds of places? Um, not yet. The last time that he had a period of sobriety, I was over his shoulder. And the first time, like when he started to face adversity, he lost his sobriety. Mm -hmm. um, mm. And when I was no longer over his shoulder, he lost his sobriety. Mm. And so right now we're like, like literally today, he's getting a new sponsor. So I don't know where that's going to lead. I don't know if he's yeah, going Mia, to is he getting a new yet. Is he getting a new sponsor because you've, you're kind of pushing him to make some changes and that's why he's doing it? Um, he's getting a new sponsor because he lost his sponsor when he was um, 
in the hospital, I did push for it. Okay. Like you, I, I want you to pay attention to those things. What, why do I want you to pay attention to those things? Um, to see if he's willing to do it on his own. Yeah. Where's yeah. his heart? Is, is he doing it because, he, because he's compliant with you or is his heart really shifting and, and he's becoming a proactive person in his recovery? Um, it can't be about the show for you, Mia, or else it won't be real safety and real recovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and so for you to just step back and say, okay, hey, like I'm going to, I'm going to just watch and see whether or not you, you work on becoming a safe partner and a safe man for me. It, it's this uncomfortable space for you. Um, and, and, and I like what you said earlier, your, your hypervigilance actually helped bust this all open, mm-hmm. but for trust and, and real safety to happen in the relationship, you need to protect yourself with boundaries, with support systems, with all your recovery capital and step away, um, for, for, for a little bit, just to watch and see whether or not he's in recovery or not. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think he definitely has been kind of doing it for me. I mean, I've pushed for basically everything. Like he, I found his therapist. I did, you know, I was this, I was the recovery secretary. Yeah. (laughs) And so, um, he hasn't really taken up much on his own yet. Yeah. So it's time. I mean, like you say, he's going to listen to this. Um, and Mia, can you commit to, to saying, okay, I'm stepping to the side here and handing this back over to him. Um, I know that's extremely uncomfortable. You don't have to put yourself in harm's way to do that. Do you, do you understand that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're not saying, Hey, I'm okay with like, like allowing this dangerous situation or that. No, you're not okay with sitting in danger. That's not what I'm saying. And you are not okay with you working your recovery for working his recovery for him. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know that a lot of this comes from in me because I was sexually abused when I was young. Um, that person was always around and my family really actively defended him. Mm. Um, and so now I kind of have this almost like, well, that's just what we do, I guess. And even though logically I know that doesn't make any sense, but that's what Uh I grew up with. That's kind of the, I was so uncomfortable with having him there. Um, It was really, really hard for me to grow up with that. And I kind of cognitively just had to cope somehow with these people in my life. Interesting. Yeah. So, so your trauma told you that um, in some ways you kind of protect the, the, the perpetrator. Yeah. Yeah. And it was kind of, I was protecting him for the first, you know, two years because I known, I knew that he had done this. Um, and I really got to the point where I, I had grown enough to say, I can't protect you anymore. I'm not going to do that because what you did was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. The same, the same principle applies with your husband, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I can't protect you anymore. Um, uh, you, you trying to make him be the man that he needs to be so that he doesn't have these consequences uh, is protecting him. Mm-hmm. And now you need to deal with your consequences and you need to deal with your own recovery work. Um, because it's not your responsibility, right, Mia? Yeah. Um, 
so hard. I mean, the the nuances here to recovery and situations like this are so tricky and fear will come in and undermine healing and real recovery. And and so it's it's interesting when you take a step back and you kind of look at the fear-based behaviors and the things that are undermining things to say, oh shoot, I can see that that's happening. But dang it, it's hard to 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 shift into the healthy thing because that's scary in a lot of ways. So so but but at the same time, I mean like I said to you earlier, Mia, you're, you're, you're resilient and courageous and you can absolutely do this. I, in fact, I know that you will because you've already worked through your own sexual abuse. You've already had boundaries with him on so many levels. And he's, he's probably, your husband's probably listening to this, like, oh shoot, like (laughs) (laughs) I kind of know, I kind of know where she's going to go with this. Right. So, but it's, but let's, let's add to that though, that that's a blessing to your husband. You know, yeah. I mean, you're listening husband, like you got a good woman who a is strong woman who is living according to principle who actually loves you and like really believes in the changes you can make. And if you really want to keep her, you got to look at yourself and you got to do right by liking what you see in the mirror and you will never like what you see in the mirror until you take full ownership for your choices and, and start to make new ones. Yeah. Yeah. You go on a quest and I'm speaking to your husband right now, Mia, but you go on a quest to discover what your healthy masculinity is and who you really are as a man. And recovery is about recovering an understanding of self. And it's not about salvaging your marriage and manipulating your wife into staying with you. That's not recovery. Um, so go do that real work. And then you're a, a woman like Mia will totally want to be with you. Yes. But if you don't yeah. do that, if you don't do that real work, Mia, you've got to go, right. You've got to, you got to protect your own children. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I separated from him with the intention of divorce. Um, and then I got really scared because um, he has the resources for a lawyer and I don't. Mm. And so that, that like I've faced all these practicalities that have made it really difficult um, to go through with that. Even though I have so many days now where I'm like, that would probably really be better for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. And being able to step into those places with courage. I, this is, we're talking to you. I can hear that at least during our conversation right now, you're pretty grounded right now. It seems like you've kind of found a space where you've in the midst of this thing that you guys are going through, you've got some peace, you've got some confidence, you've got some groundedness. And as long as you're in that grounded place then you continue to follow what your gut says. Um, and if that's where it's leading you, then it doesn't matter what the, the obstacles are. You're going to step through those obstacles as they come. Um, and if you stay grounded, that's the best place you can keep yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That's really helpful. Mm-hmm. I've definitely found a lot more. Um, I feel like by reporting him, it seems so horrible, but I feel like by reporting him, I found myself again mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I was living in this place where I couldn't be, I just couldn't be there. Right. Um, you just said something uh, just earlier and I like how Tyler brought up how uh, an attorney and a therapist might conflict on some advice. And, cause, Cause here's the thing. If my wife, if, if I heard my wife say, you know, I, 
I, I've really contemplated divorce, um, but I'm afraid to do it because you have access to an attorney and I don't. Um, but I really wanted to save the marriage. I don't want my wife to be in a marriage with me out of fear that I could take her to the cleaners. Um, like if I really wanted my marriage to work, I would lay some money on the table and I'd say, like, hey, here's your lawyer. Yeah. Like, hey, you can yeah. have an attorney, like go for it. Like, I don't want you here for those reasons. I want you here because I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the man that you want. I want your yeah. best interest. Yeah. You, you want to be married to a man who's going to be willing to say, of course, I don't want a divorce, but if that's what's right for you, I love you enough. I love you I'll, and I'll do whatever it takes to help you get what you need. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, so Mia, I think you're actually in many ways doing all the, all the right things. You're just engaged in a, a really kind of complex, uh, painful um, situation and you're navigating it pretty well. It sounds like, yeah. Um, I, I think there's some things that you can tweak in, in, in terms of the process that you're going through. Um, face some of your own anxieties and your own fears um, uh, to, to back out of some fear and controlling behaviors. Um, I'd say continue to do some of your own trauma work. Uh, it sounds like you've done a lot of it already. Um, but as you see some of those behaviors come up, you might say, oh, where's that coming from? Maybe there's a little bit more trauma work to do. Um, but overall, you're, you're navigating this just pretty well, amazingly well. Yeah. Are you, do you have support, Mia? Do you have other people who are apprised of what you're going through and what your situation is? Uh, yes, I do. Um, when I talked about it with one of my friends, um, the first thing she told me was it just, it was exactly what I needed to hear, even though it was obvious, but she said it was the morally right thing to report him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but I really needed that validation. So I have a pretty good support system and I've been growing it since we separated um, so that I can be okay just with myself <laughs> because I'm, I'm learning how to do that now. Yeah. Good. Awesome. Yeah. I think that's going to be really important, especially as you guys get deeper into like this process that you guys are going to be engaged in now that you're going to want to a safe space to fall back into. And as long as you're cultivating some of those relationships, that'll be a really big blessing for you as you move forward. Um, I know, I'm not sure we've fully answered any question for you today. We're just, <laughs> we're just about out of time today. Is there anything else on your heart, feelings or thoughts that, that we would need to get to? Yeah. So you mentioned that you mentioned what you do. If this comes up in your office, do you know, just, just how prevalent is this? Because I've heard of these um, statistics from, you know, like fight the new drug um, in places that focus more on the exploitation mm -hmm. um, about how um, this, you know, this young genre of porn is extremely popular. So I guess my question is, how can we have such popularity, but there's not men coming forward to saying like they're, they're the demand? That's a great question right there. Cause, cause that, uh, it, it does reflect some level of this is being get it, getting away with. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. It feels like even in disclosures, even if we do those, even if I don't like, I just, I don't know 
it feels like someone's not coming forward, you know? Like there must Some be Some blind more eye people. is being turned. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wish I had the hard numbers to tell you, but I, I can tell you this. Um, it is it is prevalent and it happens a lot. And I, I think it's I think it's definitely there's probably multiple places where the blind eye is getting turned, sometimes intentional and sometimes not. We live in a society right now where there's a whole world of sex trafficking right here in the United States that nobody ever wants to talk about. That yeah. is, how, how, do, how do we live in a world where sex trafficking even exists? Right. It's so disgusting and despicable and horrible. Um, yet it doesn't only exist. It's, it's so common and, and that's, that's horrible. Mia. Like, yeah, I, I, I wish that there was more accountability consequence and just no, no level of tolerating it. Yeah. 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 And I think I ask that because I've, I've talked to other wives and I've told them, you know, my husband has done this and they're, they're shocked. And I'm thinking, you know, but like it, it's not just my husband because right. I know that these numbers are quite high. So where is the disconnect between these two things that men aren't coming forward about this? Are they like, are we just still hiding it? Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think it could be all sorts of things. I think it could be the level of denial inside of the person doing the things. I think it could be a level of ignorance inside of like a therapist that doesn't know to ask the specific right kind of question. Um, I think you get, a lot of like those there, there's a lot of factors that go into it. There's the, there's the space of a spouse who might have an inkling that there's something's there, but she doesn't want to actually have it come to fruition because of all the implications it might mean. Like it's an, it's an inconvenient, really painful thing for everybody. And it's, I think it's sometimes on purpose and sometimes not on purpose, but it's definitely there. And, and the other part of this, that's even messier, and this could be a whole other subject sometime is, that for most men, even the ones who think that they've only been with, you know, doing things with people who are 18 or older, there's a pretty good chance that some of the content that they've consumed has had people who are under 18, but they've yeah. just checked a thing that said, I, I realize I'm over 18, but they don't, they don't want to actually consider the fact that there's, there's other people on the other side that aren't keeping those rules either. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and coming to that awful reality of, wow, that's, that's entirely possible. Then in the things that I've consumed, it's, I'm not, I didn't do it on purpose, but maybe that is the truth. Maybe I yeah. have. You yeah. Know. Especially on social media where I've heard of a lot of, especially the younger guys um, act out with social media. And I know not, I mean, the ages on social media is like what 13 mm-hmm. to be able to have an account most places. So, yeah. and you know, so it's, it's just, it's happening. And I feel like we're not, um, in the recovery community, I feel like we're not holding the space for that yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's definitely a gap there and a hole there. And I, I wish Brandon and I had all those answers, Mia. That's definitely something that I think there are a few places like, uh, you know, fight the new drug and operation underground railroad organizations like that are actually doing a, a pretty good job trying to bring it into the light, but they're just, mm-hmm small still. Well, and I, I don't have the answers to it, but I think Mia, you just bringing it up and saying, Hey, like, I want to talk about this. I think that is one of the answers is, is to bring light to, to this, 
horrible thing and to, to shed light on it and say, look, this is happening. Um, that's one of the first steps to actually address it. Yeah. Yeah. I will scream it from the rooftops. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mia, I sure appreciate you coming on with us and uh, having the courage to, to not only be vulnerable here on our show, but to fight for truth and fight for recovery in your own life. And, um, just, just really appreciate you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mia. I really appreciate it. And for those listening, like this is a good topic and we'd love to hear more about it. We'd love to hear your thoughts on it. So please respond to Mia's episode, send us a review, send us some messages. We'd love to have more people with this topic on the show. So um, thank you guys. You guys have a great day. We'll see you.